Hello, and welcome to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian faith. I'm the Ryan half of Ryan and Brian, and this is episode number eight. Brian and I are doing something a little bit different this week. We've both been to Israel-Palestine on different trips. So in this episode, we discuss what we each experienced on those trips and what stood out to us as we journeyed through the Holy Land. If you've never been there before, the Holy Land is an incredibly interesting place. Obviously, for obvious reasons, it's about the Bible. And there's a lot to take in, and each experience can hit you a little bit differently. So Brian and I talk about what stood out to us and how that has impacted how we read Scripture and helped inform how we understand some of the stories and the messages that are in Scripture. We actually recorded this episode a couple months ago during a time of relative peace between Israel and Palestine. And since that time, tensions between the two countries has been escalating, and just yesterday, we are reading stories about losses of life. The timing of this episode just happens to be coincidental with this outbreak of violence. Brian and I obviously don't have any answers for this situation, but ask that you would join us in praying for the region and for peace to come. With all that in mind, let's jump into this episode about Israel and Palestine. We're doing a little bit something different this this week. We're uh, going to talk about some of our experiences in the Holy Land. Uh, Ryan, you visited Israel. When when was how long has that been? When was that? I think it was 2012. Okay, I made that trip. And I've been to Israel Palestine a couple of times and uh, had some pretty interesting experiences. We thought it would be interesting to talk about kind of what we learned and um, some of the things we saw there and some of the things that were either surprising or that that were important to us and. This will be kind of a chance because we both have uh, had this experience to kind of share from two different perspectives uh, about that. So, Ryan, tell me, first of all, tell me a little bit about your trip, uh, when you went, how you went, what kind of a group you went with. Yeah, so uh, I went, again, as I said, in, back in 2012, and my full-time job is I shoot video. And so I was uh, brought in to help travel with the church to shoot some video with them. And uh, so it was a pretty large group. So the pastors went, um, and so we traveled around and sometimes sneaking in, you know, to try to sneak in the video shots, Um, but uh, (laughs) videotaping them doing some small group teaching and so forth Uh, that we'd bring back to the church. So uh, I was with the group. I'm going to... Yeah, I think we had two charter buses. It was a big, okay. it was a big group. So this two, was not two, a, this is not a small group. Okay. Yeah, yeah, two right. buses for people. And so we traveled to a lot of different places. And again, that was my first time going there. So I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, and I think I had a little bit of apprehension, you know, right. like, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. I've traveled internationally before, you know, you're always a little bit apprehensive, but kind of going, you know, there's some unrest, you know, during the time that we were there. But I tell you what, it was it was an exciting trip for me. Okay. You know, not having ever been there and to see that, and it just helped bring some of the things that had I'd been reading uh, to life a little bit. But there were some cool. there's some definitely some some pr- surprising things for me there. Right. Well, I I honestly can't. I should have should have figured this out ahead of time. I can't remember the year that I went. I'll have to look here in just a minute. But I know that great, right? Yeah. Um, Perfect. But it was the year. I guess it's only been four years ago. So that you, you would have gone earlier than I did. I think I didn't go until 2016. I believe it was. It was the year I turned 50. Maybe it's 2017. But um, what year did you turn uh, 50? <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. How old I oh boy! Now. Don't believe anything, man. 20, He's lost it. I think it's 2017 is when I went. Actually, 
But, uh, you know, the first time I went, of course, I've been teaching the New Testament for quite some time. And and I always tried, you know, I tried to learn and study as much as I could about the geology and about the the topography of the land and, you know, a lot of the cultural things about how farming was done and that kind of thing. And so when I would describe things, when I was preaching or teaching or whatever, people would often come up to me afterwards and say, hey, have you, you know, have you, you must have been to Israel. You must have been over there to the Holy Land. And and I would say, no, I never have. I'd love to go sometime. So it wasn't really until 2017. It was interesting, kind of the same thing you're talking about, but after studying some of these things intently, then to see them, you know, in person, to see them for yourself was, was kind of remarkable. The other interesting thing, so I've been I've been on two different trips. The first uh, time I went, I was actually there for a couple of weeks, and we did two different uh, two different kinds of trips. The very first trip when we went into Israel, and I'm kind of glad I did it this way. We we did what was called hiking the Jesus Trail. Mm-hmm. So that was a relatively small group. I think we had ten, maybe maybe twelve, and and we literally hiked. There's a there's a Jesus Trail that that runs from Nazareth from the the village of Nazareth and the site of Jesus, um, you know, childhood there. Mm-hmm. And it goes all the way to the Sea of Galilee, all the way to Capernaum. Wow. And so we hiked portions of that. Now, we didn't camp on the trail. Uh, we stayed in in hostels and hotels along the way. We were able to see a lot and, and just kind of seeing the land from that way. And of course, the way that Jesus would have walked right uh, yeah. across the land, I think was a really kind of a cool experience. Then after that, we we did more of the traditional kind of bus style you're talking about, but still with not as big of a group as you you were with. It was a smaller group. Got to see uh, some places down in the south because the Jesus trails up really in the area that in the in Bible times was called Galilee, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's where we spent most of our time. But then we got to see Jerusalem and some of the other more traditional sites that people go to typically when they see the Holy Land. And then I led a group a couple of years ago. Uh, over to the Holy Land as well, and got to see some of those same places. Tried to see a couple places that I hadn't seen on the first trip. But the the funny, <laughs> I do have to tell this this funny story is um, while I was there, I actually got acute appendicitis. Yes, and uh, and had to go into the hospital. I, have I never told you that story, well, Ryan? I, I or, think you had. It's like the first or second day there, and then it's yeah. I got really sick, went into to the Israeli hospital. They did a fantastic job there, took out my appendix, and I was there like two or three days. They ended up rejoining the group and uh, did the rest of the trip. So, Well, that sounds like that, <laughs> that is not a typical experience for most people. That is true. You yeah. know, I can say a few things about that maybe later. But. So, so anyway. Ryan, let me, let me ask you this. What, is, um, what are some of your favorite uh, spots that you got to see while you were there? Uh, yeah. And I think I mentioned this before, you know, there was one thing that just, and this kind of ties into what we've been talking about with the temple and so forth, but right. um, seeing, going to the Wailing Wall and, right. and, and seeing uh, that Western Wall, the remnants of it and seeing it, and then going to the miniaturized version of what ancient oh, yeah. Jerusalem yeah. would have looked like. And, and so, you know, and so they, at the, yeah, at the Israel Museum, there's a, it used to be in a, in a hotel, actually, in the Holy Land Hotel. There's a, a scale model of Jerusalem in the first century, mm-hmm. and, and they now have it at the museum there. It's a, it's a great thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, so seeing the Western Wall, and then you go and you see this miniaturized version of it, and they're like, here's the temple. And then like on the temple, they've got this other part that's colored a little bit differently. And you're, you're like, well, what's that? Well, that's all that's left of it, and that's the Wailing right. Wall. And you see the scale of the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, as you're there. Right. And then you see like... Oh, this is just such a small portion of what the temple would have looked like. Sure. 
um it was pretty staggering i mean it was uh it was a a moment for me to kind of think like there's no way you could be in jerusalem and not know what's important here right i mean it was like it, it it just you don't have an idea of the scope. I mean, you, you know, you read in the Bible how long it takes them to build this temple. Right. You know, there's a lot of people working, but you still don't understand the scope of it. And then to see yeah. and to see that scope was really, um, that was the most profound moment for me is just yeah. kind of thinking about like, this is what you would have seen as, as you're sure. around here. This is what have been the focal point. You know, I would, I, I would say that uh, I always say that, that it was one of the greatest buildings in the ancient world and certainly in this part of the world it was it would have been the building so when the disciples say uh you know uh when jesus says i tell you there's a time coming when not one stone will be on the other and and the disciples are like you know that's got to be the end of the world you know they can't imagine this massive building being destroyed like the romans did so you're in Jerusalem then, and you got to spend some time there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the so the temple was was a, a significant time. Did did you get to go up on top? Of course, the temple's not no longer there. It's the temple platform, right. is what you're talking about. With the so you saw the western wall. Mm-hmm. Did you get to go up on top of the temple platform where the mosque are now? We did not. It was okay. close. we actually the the day that we left, the tensions were a little high. Right. The day that we flew out, then a war skirmish started. Okay. So it was closed down for us while we were okay. there. Yeah, it's controlled by um, a group of different kinds of you know Muslim groups that work together to control it. And you're allowed to go up there as a visitor in certain times, but there are some pretty interesting rules there. And, and it depends on who's who's kind of on guard duty that day, how tightly they enforce it. But when our group went up on top of the temple platform, you know, the women all were supposed to have their hair covered. You're not supposed to have, you know, you're supposed to have your arms covered. And, and so there's different, you know, you have to kind of, have some decorum and and, mm-hmm. and those kind of things, but it, it's interesting to go up there and to see, you know, the Dome of the Rock and the mosque that's that's up there as well, and and uh, yeah, it gives you a sense of again how vast this that you know that's just the platform that the temple sat on and just how how vast it is. Mm-hmm. There's also an archaeological park at the at the bottom of the platform just around the corner from the western wall that's pretty amazing too because there they've cleared away some of the rubble and you can see when the Romans destroyed the temple some of these huge stones that they um levered levered off of the top have crashed down to solid stone pavement and shattered the solid stone pavement it just gives you a sense of the the desolation and just the power of that uh, of that 70 AD time that we talked about when we talked about John 14 just what a what a major event that would have been in people's lives yeah to to be in that city and to see you know as we talked about like this is your intimacy this is your connection to sure. God and then it's you know, Destroyed. Romans at the top leveraging massive, massive yep. rocks off. Yep. So, um, yeah, Sea of Galilee is something that a lot of people, for me, that was probably the first time I went. The most meaningful site, I would say, was on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. It's the site. There's a there's a, a small church there. Of course, there's a church in almost. Did you <laughs> notice that? There's a church <laughs> everywhere now. <laughs> Not synagogue. You know, there's churches. <clears throat> Every yeah, every traditional site of, of anything that Jesus did, feeding of the four thousand, feeding Church. of the five thousand. Right, right. There's one everywhere. And um, a gift shop uh, and some ice cream. <laughs> right. Capernaum, you know, this is you know, here here's Peter's house, you know, there's a church everywhere. But um <clears throat> There's a just near the site of the feeding of the four thousand. There's a little chapel, 
and off of that is a, is kind of a seashore, but that's the traditional site of where John 21 took place. I don't know if you remember the story after Jesus' resurrection, Peter and uh, some other disciples go fishing, and they see Jesus walking on the seashore, and uh, they don't know it's him yet, but they have the miraculous catch of fish that kind of mirrors Luke 5, where where Jesus calls Peter the first time. And then uh, you find this story of Jesus and Peter walking down the beach, and and basically this is where Jesus asked him, do you love me, three times. And and it gives Peter a chance after he had disavowed and disowned Jesus to to reaffirm his his commitment to Jesus. And so that traditional side, and again, you know, that's the thing. Uh, our guide would often say, and, and I'll go ahead and mention our guide is a guy named Mark Zeese. We'll say more about him in just a, a minute. But he, he would say, you know, some of these sites, we don't know that this is exactly the spot, but he would always say it's within a stone's throw of here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we talk about surprising things. For me, one of the things that was most surprising was how close everything is together. Yes. Um, yeah, it, you know, I always thought, you know, as we talk about these journeys and, it's, sure. you know, like Jesus has got to go here, like these huge, I mean, I'm not saying they're like always right next to each other, but like things are really close. Not the country's far. what, 90 miles wide yeah. and, right. you know, like in, in up in Galilee, everything's really close together. That's exactly right. There's a there's a, a hillside that you can go up on top of a pretty tall mountain and and look out over the Sea of Galilee. It's just it's just a beautiful spot, beautiful sight. There are horrible things that happened there during the time of Herod, but it's it's yeah. it's a beautiful spot. <laughs> but beauty but, and uh, horror all wrapped in one. You can you could hold your arms out at basically a ninety degree angle there on the north end of the Sea of Galilee, and uh, I think about half or more of the things that took place in the gospels took place within within the sight of my right hand to my left hand you know capernaum's right there a lot of these traditional sites just just right there together and it gives you a sense of how how close a lot of that was uh the thing i talked about with peter just around the corner from his hometown uh, would have been where it would have been it was very near a roman road a first century roman road uh, and so, you know, it gives, again, just a sense of how, how close these things were. Yeah, I, I think the the proximity thing kind of, you know, you're in a bus and you're like, we're going from the Dead Sea to Jerusalem. And it, like the temperature changes, but it was, right. uh, we were in the, the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, they've got the olive olive trees there and you're thinking about when they would have come to get jesus and thinking about and i think you mentioned yes. this in one of the early podcasts it was just yeah. like lamp into my feet like how dark it would have been right like in that garden you know they the, the guards would have had or the roman soldiers would have gone through this valley and they would yep. have torches like you would yep. have seen them coming it's not like yep. this hidden like there's this you know you think about this uh you know sweating like drops of blood and like this right. anxiety like you see them coming like you would yeah. have known them on their way and so that was kind of a that was a meaningful moment for me just to, yeah. to realize like there's no hiding they're coming it's not like they're yeah. hidden by a, a massive forest but like you're in this and they're coming um from the city and it was just it, yeah. it just would have been it that was a uh, a meaningful time for me just to realize, yeah. like, just to, to, to see what's coming and to know it's coming. Yeah. G- and the fact that, you know, Jesus could have could have easily run away, 
but you know it's it's that that's where that prayer is that not my will but your yours be done and so he willingly stays and is arrested and 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 goes to the cross yeah yeah i mean it's definitely seeing the train coming down the track you know yeah, I mean, that's right you know what i mean it's like yeah and there's exactly the, the torches right. are the the front light of that train like yeah the and uh, that was that was that was an interesting moment for me to sure to, that's to experience cool. that and to see that any other surprises that things that surprised you there that were different than you thought that they would be? You know, I, I think one of the things that also kind of sticks out in my mind while we were there is our guides were Jewish. You know, they knew the New Testament. They knew, you know, sure. obviously their guides are what's going on. But we went to the Temple Institute where they had remade all the pieces that they would have need to start the temple right. up again. Right. So if for some reasons the Muslim gave up the, the, right. uh, the Temple Rock, that they could go up there and they could start making sacrifices right. there. And wow. I was like, you know, and you see these instruments, they're ready for it. And so uh, this is just a side note. So we, you know, in the evenings we had conversations with our tour guides, they kind of hung out sure. with us and so forth. Right. And so we asked about that, like, how would you feel about, you know, he's like, he's kind of torn about it, about right. if they would ever get it back about them building the temple again and so, and you know, we asked why and he's like you know because every time i would come i'd have to bring my sacrifice wow interesting and yeah. it was this really interesting conversation of like this is a bedrock cornerstone of your right. faith and right. like you know you're living this pie in the sky moment where you get to rebuild a temple to worship your god and he's saying like i don't know if i want it wow because because he's like every time i would come you know i'm, I'm here to in a tour i'd have to bring my sacrifice wow that's cool so we now I had a little bit of different experience in this that um, so I mentioned earlier Mark Zeese. Mark Zeese was one of my professors. He was an Old Testament professor. He's a he's a good friend of mine. Uh, we're going to have him on and talk about his experiences. Now the cool thing is you have to go through a four year certification process to become a guide, and that's why most of the guides over there are Israeli. Uh, they're they're Israeli nationals. They're they're most of them are Jewish, but Mark has lived over there long enough. Uh, he doesn't live there now. He lives in Tennessee, but he he lived over there long enough that he got his certification. So when you travel with Mark over there, he is your tour guide, uh, and and you have to have the certification in order to get into certain sites and to take groups into certain places and that kind of thing. And and that's really a cool thing that he's able to do that. And man, he has he has great stories. I'm hoping when he's on this podcast, he'll tell you some of the stories and and just talk about some of the experience uh, of being a guide over there. He's he's a terrific guide. Really great storyteller and does just a great job with it yeah i'm very i'm really excited about that you yeah know, I, think I think it's, it's gonna be yeah you know and i think that's one of the things is even before my trip to israel it's like well how do i catch up so i know exactly everything i'm experiencing you know again it's like right. remembering the details of the spot and it's just like you you see spot after spot after spot after spot and you're just like some right. of them are very recognizable you know what happened there in other places yeah. you're like What's going on here? You know, there's so much information coming at you. It's like it, it is. You're, trying to, just, you're, you're trying to yeah. take it in, like with your eyes and see it, but then also associate it with yeah. content, you know, and it's there's a lot to take in. It is. It, and then, like you said, that's almost every every spot. There's some some story attached to it. It's it just you, you get a real sense of, of this, the density of of the uh, history and the stories that are 
that are there in that place. The uh, the other thing I was just going to say in terms of surprise for me is we always you know when we when when I was in Sunday school I think we've talked about flannel graphs before. Yes, yeah, so you know? who doesn't love a good flannel graph, man? <laughs> if, if you don't know what, if you're too young and you don't know what we're talking about, it's the, it was these kind of audio visuals back before you know everybody had a TV screen everywhere. But it was it was these paper cutout things that you would stick on the board and these characters would do different things and the the scenes were always desert scenes, right? It always looked like it was in the middle <laughs> yes, of the desert there, yes. and, and and there's actually a lot of agriculture for example up in the galilee region there's lots of fruit that's grown there grapes and you know all kinds of things that you don't normally think about if you read the bible carefully you see that but i I think we always have a picture it's kind of like egypt or something you know there's like it's like out in the middle of the desert and i should say the non-delta region of egypt (laughs) yes um the the other interesting thing though we should we should try to find you probably got your picture taken on mount olive uh, Mount of Olives, didn't you? Or uh, uh, I don't know. I was uh, working. Most, most groups do, but yes, I, I was going to say we should put up. We should put those up on the website uh, with this episode. But yeah, uh, when I put up uh, the picture of my wife and I, Josanne and I, the the interesting thing, we were there in January. And it was cold. We had coats on. We had. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this when you mentioned the difference in elevation between, let's say, Mount Zion and down into the Judean wilderness, and then even beyond the Judean wilderness down into the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the temperature change was was significant. But we were there in January, and it, we had coats on. We had fleece on. You know, it was it was cold. Mm-hmm. And you don't you don't think about that. But uh, yeah. yes, it's all it's all flannel graph. It's all desert. <laughs> all dusty dirty well what's the right. whole wash the feet like the dirt right. the, the the dirty thing so so is there another site that was significant to you or another uh, well, story you that what, you think yeah of? so there's a couple other things first off we were heckled once by some jewish oh, boys no way well we were out for dinner and they said have you ever had a bacon cheeseburger <laughs> they said that to you yes well, I mean, they're just saying to the group, like when a group of like which ten is, of which us, which is not, which is not kosher, by the way. Yeah, right. Yeah. So th- they know we're in, Americans, in and they're <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, gross." You know, we're like, "Yeah, yeah, we have." Ah, uh, you know, they were heckling us and how gross it was, and I'm like, "You obviously have never had one." But anyway, that's <laughs> anyway, that's one story. Uh, you know, and this is you know again talking about when the Romans destroyed the temple. Yeah. Uh, you know the Jewish war, and then we went to Masada. You right know, up, up right. on the hill, you know, and so Masada is for those who don't. It was a retreat for Nebuchadnezzar. Is that correct? I'm, I'm, maybe it was I'm, making a, a, I'm making this up. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was it was Herod. Herod was the oh, one who Herod. built the palace there. Yeah, yes. Herod the Great is is the one who Herod the Builder. We call him a lot of times. There's three different palaces that he built, and that was one of them way down to the south. And again, there's a lot of heat there. And yeah, yeah. so the the zealots after they the Romans had pushed them back, right? The, and I think the story is three hundred of them and their families sure. went up to this to this palace and it was heavily fortified at the top of a right. mountain and there were resources that were there and so they just camped out there and so the romans yep. followed them and could not penetrate into the the fortress there sure um because it was up on a mountaintop and so then the romans built a ramp a siege right. ramp over years and there was a lot of rocks that had yes. to be moved to get up there and then they yep. eventually broke in and then the, as the story goes is that all the men of the city had made a pact to kill yep. each other's families um, because it was better to be dead than to live as slaves of Rome. Yep. Um, but then one one guy remained to tell the to tell the story when right. the Romans finally broke in, and so 
just that was an interesting experience, you know, and it was sure. um, while we were there is the young recruits for the Israeli Defense Force were there. Right, right. And they were up there telling the story. And and I don't know if I'm right, but this is where they tell they give them their gun for the first yeah. time, you know, right. uh, to tell them, like, this is why we fight. And so, I mean, that was a, an interesting moment to kind of get into the psyche of the nation of sure. Israel and, and yeah. the Jewish people and what they'd been through. I will say there, there is a great deal of nationalism in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there are groups of young people. In fact, they bring young Jewish people from the United States over and they have these summer camp kind of things where they, where they teach them about Jewish nationalism. They encourage them to come and settle back in the homeland and they will give them uh, a certain amount of money and house and education if they do that. Now, you guys didn't travel in Palestine much, I, I think. We went to Bethlehem. Okay, which uh, is yeah, you have to go through the the yeah, checkpoint, yeah. the wall, and all of yeah. that to go to but Bethlehem, that's as, and that's about as far as as we went. They were actually while we were there, there were jets flying over the yeah. top of our head. <laughs> right? Yeah, you said there was tension during the time. There we was should tension. Ask, we should ask Mark uh, Zisa a little bit about that. Now he he makes it a point to try to go to some of these uh, Palestinian sites. So you go to the city of Jericho, for example, which is a West Bank site, and. Uh, we went to Bethlehem. In fact, we stayed the night in Bethlehem, oh, wow. which was an interesting experience. And it's, again, kind of hard to believe even. It's not that far from Jerusalem, but Bethlehem is this walled completely – it has been completely walled off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are people there who will live and die their whole lives in that city without leaving. And uh, it, it's interesting to see that that difference of these two peoples that are living – side by side and not not in a very peaceable way mm-hmm. and uh, i think traveling there and talking to the people is, is another way to, to kind of get a different perspective on that uh, not to get political from our perspective you know our, right. our we have a political kind of agenda in relation to that as, as the people of the united states but it's very interesting to see both sides of that issue i think and uh, talk to palestinian people to talk to uh, israeli people and their feelings about what's going on there with that. It's it's an interesting part of the story as well. I think for us, did you guys take a boat out on the Sea of Galilee? We did. Yeah. Yes. For for many people that's a that's a meaningful experience, yes. I think, yeah. that that they um you know, this is where Jesus walked on water. This is this is where he, you know, the the stories of him going out on the boat with the with his disciples, and you know, the the miraculous catches of fish that I mentioned earlier. All these things taking place right there. You know, a lot of the geography and you know there's modern roads and all this kind of stuff sometimes that surprises people you know israel's really a lot like a european city i mean european nation it's uh it's got they would consider themselves european there's there's lots of uh you know modern technology there's there's high-rise buildings there's lots of medical technology lots going on there and that's surprising for some people. So those things have changed, but yeah, the Sea of Galilee is still the Sea of Galilee. So I think it's a for body some people, water. Yeah, and, and so I think it kind of keeps for some people it kind of keeps that that sense. I'll give you one more story, and and maybe just one more mention of a site. When we were hiking the Jesus Trail in Galilee, we just by chance came across a shepherd there, which was kind of cool because you know here we are, we're walking, we're not in a vehicle or anything. Got kind of going through these olive groves. Mark's telling us about how the families, how these olive groves work, that the families come back. And at harvest time, they all harvest their own their own trees, even though they're on a grove together. Like different ones belong to different families. And, you know, they press it into olive oil and all these kind of things you read about in Scripture. So he's telling us all about this. And then all of a sudden, we come around the corner, and here's this whole flock of sheep. And the shepherd, of course, the shepherd's on his uh, cell phone and this kind of thing. But... <laughs> But the cool thing is, you know, 
you know, Mark kind of said, Hey, we don't, we don't want to interrupt or anything, bother you. He's like, Oh no, it'll be fine. And he basically just kind of calls his sheep, you know, it made me think of my sheep, hear my voice. And, and he calls his sheep and he leads them and they just kind of wander off, even though here are these, you know, 10 American strangers kind of stumbling through the middle of it. They're paying attention to him rather than to us, which I thought was a really neat thing to see that, you know, I'd always heard that was the case, but to see that they recognized his voice and they followed his, you know, him. They, they weren't distracted shepherd. by another voice. They weren't distracted by the other voices. And that's, you know, of course, what Jesus is saying there is really, really is a cool experience to get to see that. And, and the, the same kind of thing that the sheep are just kind of free range. You know, they're out running around and he leads them from place to place. Kind of the whole Psalm 23 thing. You know, he leads them to where there's plenty to eat. He leads them to places that there, there are things to drink. And, uh, you know, they trust him. Uh, that he's taking into these places. So that was a cool. That was a cool experience to see that. Kind of brought John 10 and and Psalm 23 together for me. The other cool spot that that we went to is uh, in in Getty or Ein Getty. I don't know if you guys went down there. The waterfall. It's the Mm-mm. traditional site where, if you remember the story about Saul who who was in a cave and and David was hiding from him when Saul was seeking to kill him and he. David could have killed him, yeah. but instead he simply cut off a corner of his garment. That's the traditional site where that took place. And the cool thing about that, not just that story, but it was an oasis. And so here it's down near the Dead Sea, okay? So it's this really dry, arid region, but there's a spring. And you can see it for miles where the spring is. There's all this green, all this, all this. It's an oasis, right? It's it's mm-hmm. where this water comes and it's again that kind of place david would have known those kind of places because this this is the area where he led the sheep around and so he knew the places where you could go and you could find shelter and you could find water and and uh, so that was kind of a cool cool sense there of that also that that it, that it gave me yeah one of the things that really set up my mind is you know there's still tons of archaeological work yeah. that's happening there absolutely and we were in jerusalem and they're like, oh, we just found this. Yeah. And they're like digging out these columns and it's like, oh, this is, you know, these Roman columns. And it's just like this whole sense of like when someone new comes, they just bury everyone else. Right. <laughs> you know, like right. it, it's I mean, it's this destruction of, you know, it's not just, hey, we're going to take over your stuff. It's we're trying to erase Right. you from memory kind right. of kind of thing and so it was really interesting for me is just the amount of archaeological things and uh, i'm sure mark can talk about that when we sure. talk to him about it's yeah. just that there's still so much to be explored yep. and to be found there that it's just like how deep can you dig in some ways and you know and finding that right place but just kind of going there's so much under literally under the surface right um that give clues and hints to to what's happened there and who first century Jewish yeah. Palestinians were. It's very exciting. I'll I'll, uh, I'll just mention you know there's there's this is something we could talk about at some point on the podcast is recent archaeological discoveries. Just a uh, week before last, uh, they released a study that they found purple. When you talk about purple in the Bible, purple cloth, yeah. they've discovered some original purple from from an ancient period of time there in Palestine, in Israel, Palestine. You know, just just that was a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. Um, 
the uh, there's a, a really neat spot. I didn't get a chance to go because this was when I was in the hospital with my appendix, but I'd I'd made a point to try to to go there. It's Magda, or uh, it, it's where Mary Magdalene is is associated with, uh, and that's only been d- discovered in the past ten years or so. Um, wow. It was an accident. <laughs> it actually was discovered there. There was a. a a Mexican Roman Catholic group that was going to build a retreat center there. And they started digging and they accidentally came across this, uh, this town. And so it's given us some insight in, into, um, some, some things that were taking place there on the, on the sea of Galilee. That's very interesting. Uh, another one that I love just within the last 20 years. So <laughs> this is a detail. Maybe we'll talk about this sometime. The detail in the gospel of John is where, uh, Jesus, John chapter two is at the wedding feast. And there are six stone water jars used for the ceremonial cleansing of the Jews is what it says. And those stone water jars in Galilee until 25 years ago, there are people who said, commentators and scholars who would write, said, this can't be historical detail. John has to be wrong here because the people of Galilee did not care about ceremonial cleansing enough in order to have stone jars. And, and I'll talk another time about why the stone jars were significant and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But just within the last 20 years, in what we believe is the traditional site of Cana of Galilee, we have discovered stone jars that were of this type that are used for storing water to use for ceremonial cleansing. Stone jars were were not you don't you don't easily make a stone jar. You intention the only reason you would make a stone jar would be to hold this this ceremonial water. And beyond that, we have now discovered. I always say we like I did it or something. You know, but, <laughs> well but done, well done. You've done it. Congrats, Brian. <laughs> Archaeologists have discovered there's an entire industry in Galilee that made these stone jars. So, you wow. know, things that 25 years ago people were kind of debunking the the Gospel of John, saying, "Well, this this isn't historical. This is just you know," and what they would say often, you know, John's often called the spiritual gospel. Well, he was he was making some kind of theological point here, but no, it, it seems like he's he's recording a historical event in that situation. But there, are, uh, I, I can probably name. Uh, Oh, at least a half a dozen, if not 10 or a dozen recent, I'm talking within the last 20 years or so, discoveries that have shed new light on the Bible and our understanding of, of what's going on there. So That's very cool. Yeah, and it's, it's always, you know, revealing new things or, yep. you know, things that we, you know, that's always the battle is, you know, that's always like, well, they, people want to just debunk what they've read in, in Scripture. Sure. It's kind of going, well, we haven't found these stone jars yet. But, you know, that there's there's more and more evidence that keeps coming yeah. back to, to show, like, the, the, the stories and the, the reality of what was happening in those places are right. affirmed in the archaeology of, you know. The Pool of Bethesda is, is that way. That, for me, was a huge, huge deal. Um, it's the place that's a traditional site of Jesus healing the paralytic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I mentioned that a uh, couple of couple of episodes ago, but that that's a really cool spot, and and it it has changed our understanding of what's going on there exactly. You know, there, there's all kinds of things like that. Pools and um, Pool of Siloam was uh, recently uh, discovered because of a sewage leak uh, <laughs> that was within the last uh, dozen years or so. There's a lot going on there. So let me ask you this, Ryan. What would you say to someone who is thinking about a trip to the Holy Land? What what, why, what would be the reasons that you would say you should do this, or, or what would you tell them to think about? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the reason that anyone should do it is it gives, again, you know, if, if your concept is flannel graph— <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And we have wonderful technology. You know, you can see it. You can Google Earth it. You sure. can see it. But there's something about experiencing it and being right. 
walking. You said Mark said it's like, you know, it's within a stone's throw of here. Like yeah. to be within a stone's throw of this place and to there's something about being in the place and reading the story. Yeah. And getting a, an idea and to, you know, just as talking about the the distance and kind of going obviously it's very different, you know, 2000 years later. But it's, I think it helps uh, strengthen your faith and understanding to understand what was going on there and right. to see the significance of faith and, and when Jesus is in the temple, what's happening there and why Jesus was such a huge deal and upending right. the system that had been built around this massive temple on a mount. So, yeah. Did you guys go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre? Did you guys go there? We did the- go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. I Sight. thought that was very interesting. Yeah, the site of Jesus, um, you know, death and, and traditional site of Jesus' death, burial, and uh, you know his tomb, and of course resurrection. But and, uh, it's a yeah, church. Uh, well, yes, I was just going to say it's, it's a, a huge, huge, huge church. church. Um, there are and several different groups that claim. I was going to say there's like five different. It's like Eastern Orthodox, six, yeah. five or six that that there's maintain an African, it. To- yeah, there's an African denomination that claims part of it. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting place. Yeah, and they've carved out where they believe, where or tradition has said that the the, the rock where Jesus's body was laid, and so it's sure. like it's a rock cut right. out rock in the middle of a room, and right. I walked by it, and there was like a three hour line to walk, you know, to go see it, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like standing in the back, like peeking right. around, I'm like, yep. <laughs> There what, I was, what I was going to say is one of the things that kind of it, it showed me is, of course, you have people there, and, and, and there are all kinds of different, how, how do I say, it's branches of Christianity. There are all kinds of different people all over the world who celebrate Christianity in different kind of ways, right? Mm-hmm. And it was really, in a way for me, it was really cool to see all these people. Of course, many of them, I, you know, I come from a relatively unemotional form of Christianity, <laughs> much more <laughs> cerebral, right? Yes. But man, some of these people had had maybe you know spent their life savings to come there mm-hmm. and to see this spot, and and you could just see how meaningful it was to them, and what a what an incredible experience. But just to share that with with people from all over the world, and then think about, you know, whatever we think about the different branches and and whether we agree or disagree the fact that 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 spot you know or at least where Jesus was crucified where he where he was buried and where he rose from the dead that that spot was the beginning uh, of of all of this for us you know this mm-hmm. was such an important place and just you know you get a sense there mark would often say it this way and I don't want to take away all his words before we have him but he he would talk about the fact that you know people have been worshiping here and reading this story for for literally centuries in this spot you know even if this isn't the spot where it happened that people have been coming here and remembering this story for that long gives it a just a sense of awe in mm-hmm. in, in a way that you th- you kind of get a sense of the way you fit into this larger uh, tradition, this larger um, body of believers that are from all over the world was kind of cool. We went to the site. There's a there's a kind of a traditional baptismal site that they have there in in Israel that uh, may be near the place in Jordan where uh, John the Baptist baptized, and we happened to get there on a day that uh, there was this huge. A uh, group of pilgrims from Africa who were all mm-hmm. being baptized there in the Jordan River in that spot, and uh, that was kind of a cool thing too, you know, just to see their their excitement about that and and just just wanting to to be a part of that. 
you you really meet you know it's true whenever you travel you meet all kinds of different people but it's really it's really kind of an experience that that gets you outside of your own little kind of uh, circle as well. I think it's, it's kind of good. I, I would encourage people to do it for that reason. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you've not traveled a whole lot out of the United States or whatever, but you know, right. you go like the church of Holy Sepulchre, you know, I make jokes about like you go to these sites and there's just massive amounts of charter buses there. Right. Right. But you see every nationality there, you know, right. this has to have some significance for them in their sure. faith. And you look Every, you know, it's, it's the Jesus, it's uh, the many rooms of uh, yeah. John 14, that they're right. a place for, to abide for many people. And yeah. it's for people from all over the world, the people yep. that don't look like you, that don't speak like you do. Right. Um, and, you know, and it's kind of this... Uh, glimpse of the the, yeah. the 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 kingdom to come the age to come right yeah, yeah that that's it's good. um that every tribe tongue and nation will we yeah. you know there will be representation that it's cool. um and so it's just you know you you realize your smallness in the story right you, you know like right. and it's uh uh it's a humbling it's a perspective experience. Yeah. yeah that's good yeah. So uh, let's do something a little bit kind of off the wall. What about, you know, some of the places are pretty touristy, you have to say, but yes. what about any good food you had or any, any kind of fun experience yes, you had? As I a will tourist? say, uh, so I like to eat food. I'm not a small <laughs> man. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So uh, we went out to, I went to dinner with a, a small group and we get in the, uh-huh. the, the cab and, you know, I just, it's na- naivety. You get in there and we're like, oh, we, you know, take us to the best place to eat. And he goes, milk or meat? And we're like, what? <laughs> he says, milk or meat? And we're all looking at each other and we're like, uh, milk? Like, we didn't even know what he was talking right. about. Well, it was just like, oh, wait, this is kosher. So, you know, right. the whole thing, they're not going to eat any uh, food with the mother's Theory, milk. Right, yeah, yeah. So right. we went to this vegetarian restaurant, which um, I'm an American and I'm not <laughs> very vegetarian. And we went there and I'm like, oh boy, I should have eaten right. something gone somewhere else or something like that but it was the best yeah food. i'm like they, i'm like this is when you eat just a meal that's vegetarian you learn to cook it and you cook it really well and it sure. was it, it was yeah. i had vegetarian pad thai in israel interesting with, uh, with tofu in it and it was <laughs> ridiculous that's global that's that's really wild yeah. but then i also so. remember eating um uh, the fish, uh, a fish in Tel Aviv, you know, like we're right there yeah. by the water, right? Uh, having that That's fish cool. dinner with the head on it, you know, like yeah. if you're eating a fish and you're just like, it was, that was a cool yeah. experience for me while yeah. I was there. That's cool. There's lots of good food. Shawarma is a, a good yes. kind of a sandwich, sandwich meal. Uh, there are some really, like you said, off the hook kind of, kind of experiences like that as well. Uh, the other thing I'll mention kind of funny, the Via, Via Dolorosa is the traditional site of the path that Jesus took. And especially for Roman Catholics and other, other kinds of, uh, Christian groups, there are stations along the way that are very, that are traditional and very important to them. And, and, you know, the funny thing is like, uh, there'll be a gift shop and it's like, you know, station of the cross for gift shop. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know you're kind of oh, like, no, oh. I got, uh, no the, I, you need to go to station five. That's yeah. where, that's the good stuff is. Station four is some jokers. But uh, that was, that was kind of funny. And then there was a place when we were in Bethlehem, that was a coffee shop that was, uh, had a green and white logo and it was stars and bucks. Yes, yes, I've you seen that. that. Yes, stars and stars bucks. And bucks hey, there is yeah. no copyright trademark infringement going well, on here. Yeah, and Palestine uh, was it? Uh, uh, no, was it 
Palestine fried chicken, I think, was the other one that I saw. It yes. was pretty funny. It's like Kentucky followed. Yeah, it was Palestine <laughs> fried chicken. So. Uh, yeah. So it well, was cool. Yeah, it was it was a great trip. I would encourage anybody to go on it. You yeah. Know. And and I think yeah I think you know having Mark on and and his experiences and talking about what it what it takes to kind of you know maybe giving some tips even about what to think about if you're thinking about a trip I think would be a would be a great be a great experience and you know he he's he's a pro man he's been over there a lot and so it's it'll be really cool to hear from him also but kind of cool to share uh, your your experience Ryan and heard, heard some stories that I hadn't heard before but uh, I, I was I would encourage anybody who has the opportunity to go and to visit there and and I think you find it both meaningful uh, for me the educationally informational part of it's very important but also just spiritually meaningful also so Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Brian and Brian's Bible Bistro. Next Tuesday, we will be joined by a special guest, Mark Zeese. That name should sound familiar as Brian just talked about him in this episode. Mark is a man of many talents. Mark has been a professor for many years and is finishing his final year of teaching at Johnson University in Knoxville, Tennessee. He has participated in archaeological digs and regularly leads trips through Israel-Palestine. This upcoming episode with Mark is more like an introduction as we get to hear from him about the work he has done and what has been meaningful to him about his work. We will have more with Mark in later episodes. In the meantime, you can find show notes, links, and more for this episode and others at thebiblebistro.com. You can also find us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Bible Bistro. And as always, you can subscribe to us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just search for Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it helpful, would you also please give us a review with Apple Podcasts? The more positive reviews we receive, the more likely others will be able to find and listen to this content. Brian and I are putting together a video resource to show you how to use the Blue Letter Bible, the free online resource for Bible studies. If you sign up for our newsletter, The Bistro Beat, which you can find and sign up for on our website, thebiblebistro.com, you will get access to that video just as soon as it is completed. So make sure you do that. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great week and we will talk to you next Tuesday.